Welcome to The Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our topic, flashing yellow lights with traffic engineer Ram Balachandra. Ram, you're also the deputy transportation director for the city of Murfreesboro. And how long have you been here? I've been here um, for 22 years. That's a long time to be dealing with traffic. Yes, sir. And have you seen it grow tremendously in that 22 years? Absolutely. It has grown almost doubled. Uh, uh, there was, when I first got here, there was, there was only about 64 signals, and now we have about 100, 160 signals. So, yes, we have grown quite a bit. Where were you before you came 22 years ago to the city of Murfreesboro? I was in Louisiana. I worked for the Louisiana Department of Transportation, graduated from LSU, worked for Louisiana DOT, Uh, for about seven years before coming here. If somebody said, so what's the goal of a traffic engineer, what would you say? To move traffic efficiently. But I think some will say, just move traffic. (laughs) Because it's a challenge in Murfreesboro with all the volume of traffic. That's correct. Do you ever think about how in some larger cities where there's even more traffic than we have, uh, people have grown more accustomed. If you live in Philadelphia or New York, you're going to have traffic congestion. But here in Murfreesboro, uh, we have people who maybe grew up here when it was only 35, 30,000. And now they're seeing this traffic uh, grow and uh, it's growing in every direction. It's more of a challenge for those folks. Absolutely. I think it's more a function of growth. You know, uh, Philadelphia being a big city, people perceive and understand and tolerate that that uh, congestion, whereas smaller cities like ours, you know, with a population much smaller uh, than the Philadelphia's, uh, tend to, to, to expect, you know, more movement in our roadway systems because we are not as congested, not as tight, that the buildings are not tight, no sky-rise buildings in the downtown area, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a relative thing. I think it's a perception and relative, but regardless, I think traffic engineers face, the most critical thing that a traffic engineer faces is to move traffic in a timely manner because you don't want to sit you know, on a bumper-to-bumper traffic. We don't like to wait, that's for sure. So why did the uh, City Transportation Department decide to initiate a test of the flashing yellow light on Lytle Street? Uh, The last several years, we had our eye on this newly adopted uh, 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 display of the traffic signal for left-turning traffic because the green ball was always confusing you know, because when they see a green, they think they can go without realizing that the left turner has to yield to the oncoming vehicular traffic and, and pedestrian traffic. So FHWA, back in the early 2000s, have been doing some research. And in 2009, they adopted this flashing yellow arrow, which indica- is a display on, for the left turn approach a flashing arrow when it's a permissive movement. So it differentiates the green arrow, which is protected. They can go with, with you know, uh, the, the, uh, without yielding. 
and then followed by the flashing yellow arrow where they'll have to yield to the traffic, uh, to the oncoming traffic. How do you think this might change traffic flow? Or will it really change anything other than the way the community looks at it? We strongly, especially the traffic engineers and in the traffic world, we feel that this is going to reduce some confusion between the green ball, when to do a permissive move with a green ball and a protected uh, move with the, with the green arrow. So I think this is going to help and reduce uh, traffic conflicts and accidents. You mentioned the name of the organization that apparently studied this. Can you repeat that? Um, yes. What was the name of that? The Federal Highway Administration does a lot of research on all kinds of transportation-related uh, subjects. And uh, it's lessons learned. The new ideas are sent to the FHWA head office where they will review and adopt as a uh, policy and incorporate that in the manual on uniform traffic control devices. And so they have already studied this and then distributed that information to the localities. But now you are deciding that, yes, this approach is, is probably one that we should try. Yes, we felt in the last few years we are seeing more and more of our you know, sister cities around the nation, actually, uh, that are slowly adopting or programmatically incorporating this new display, which consists of the flashing yellow arrow. So we felt that let's do a pilot, let's do a test to familiarize the downtown Murfreesboro uh, motorists of the new and see the you know the comments see if they have any questions before we incorporate them on higher speedway and higher uh, roadway classification intersections so the downtowners are kind of the guinea pig so to speak for this program what do you foresee happening in the future if you feel like everything is going well yeah, so far we have implemented we implemented uh, in the mid-June and we have got some good comments. We have not had any negative comments yet or, you know, people calling and confusing about the yellow, uh, the flashing yellows. So we feel that now we are ready to incorporate them on upcoming projects. I think we will start off with, you know, say we have a signal improvement project and I'll give you one example, uh, Rutherford Boulevard, uh, the signals along Rutherford Boulevard. Uh, we have a project to improve them. Uh, and during that time will be the best time because we are you know, upgrading the signal elements at the intersection. So this, that will be a good time to incorporate flashing yellow arrows along those corridors. So we're going to do that corridor by corridor. We don't have an exact timeline, but it, as we move for forward, we will programmatically try to incorporate the uh, flashing uh, yellow displays on this, at these signals. How does a system like this, or anywhere in the city, connect to the other locations throughout the city? The, the signals, uh, especially on the major corridors, are interconnected. We call it interconnected with fiber optic. That means, uh, just to put it in, in a simpler term, those electronic devices are talking to themselves in electronic world, you know, in electronic language, and reporting back that information to a center, which is our city hall, at our city hall. So about 75% of our 160 signals are interconnected, 
and they are, the information from those signals are brought back to a traffic management center at the city hall. Most people listening or watching on YouTube uh, are probably unaware of the system and the way it looks here at City Hall. There may have been a few people that have been able to see it, but it looks a lot like a TV studio with multiple monitors, uh, and there's someone usually up there helping monitor that system. Can you explain that a little bit, what it's called and, and what the goal of that kind of system is for the city? Yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, we were the first city in the state of Tennessee, uh, early uh, 90s, to actually, and we were pilot, it's a TDOT, a federal funded project, to pilot a traffic management center, I call it traffic operations center, so that we can see what's going on at the intersections by, by the use of traffic cameras. So we placed CCTV cameras along major corridors strategically at the intersections so that we can see traffic coming and going out of the downtown area, from the downtown area. So we took the core area as the downtown area and then we looked at all the major arterials like uh, Church Street, Broad Street, Old Fort Parkway, uh, and Memorial and put cameras along those roadways so that we can see traffic coming into the downtown area in the morning and traffic leaving out of the downtown area and to give a good idea of the progression of traffic, bringing traffic during the peak hour to and fr from all these intersections uh, in the city. The other thing we should mention is that it's open and available to the public to view. Absolutely. Our CCTV cameras are available on YouTube. Actually, you can go to YouTube and click on the City of Murfreesboro traffic cameras. You can see a live video of what's happening at each one of those intersections. Now, they rotate. They are timely because of bandwidths. They rotate through all the 32 or 40 cameras that we have showing each one of those intersections. So, you know, you have an idea of what's happening, uh, you know, out in the field. What's the benefit to the city of being able to see that? What, what, how do you use it? We, we televise uh, those footages during the a.m. and p.m. peak hours so that motorists have an idea if there are any incidences on the street. Sometimes they can even plan if there is you know, any kind of issues. They can look at the cameras and, uh, to see where they are going and see if there are any traffic backups, you know, if there are any un incidences or anything like that. We also have them on YouTube where they can see those things. And how it helps is to give informed, timely, real-time traffic information to the general public. So that's for the public, but for the engineers and the technicians, uh, do you all use it to make adjustments in the timing of systems and signalization? Yes, it plays a crucial part in our day-to-day -day operations because we get a lot of phone calls, folks telling us that a signal is not working correctly, but they don't articulate to us what that problem is. So this gives us a pair of eyes in the field. That way we can actually go and pull an, an intersection, camera at that intersection, and look and see what's going on with the signal so that we can identify the problem and then take care of the problem in a timely manner. Uh, TDOT has been involved in a project on I-24, which 
our viewers, of course, are very much interested in that, especially those that commute to and from Nashville or from Murfreesboro to Nashville. Uh, that system is somewhat of a signalization system as well, or it will be when they finalize it, and it will be connected to our system? That's right. It, 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 is, it is a smart corridor. That means uh, what they, if there is an incident anywhere along I-24, then the traffic that is you know, blocked due to that incident is being diverted to Northwest Broad Street. So the signals all along Northwest Broad Street have been upgraded to accommodate not only the timing, but special timing plans are being you know, formulated to help you know, divert some of the traffic that are, that are blocked on the interstate due to a crash or due to an incident along uh, the, the uh, Northwest Broad uh, Corridor. So yes, it's very similar, and it is, it is with the use of ITS equipment like this, intelligent transportation uh, systems, using cameras, fiber optic communication, communication between the signals, knowing, and traffic sensors, knowing where the traffic is heavy and where the traffic is lighter so that we can allocate appropriate green times to get the traffic through those intersections. What are some of the other ways, either methods, new technology, signalization, that the city is either thinking about doing or in the process of, of establishing or imposing uh, on our roadways uh, to improve traffic flow? Yeah, sure. What, one good example is I, I just mentioned earlier, the Rutherford Adaptive System Project. It's very interesting because it will be real-time uh, traffic management. That means that there are cameras, there are radar and video cameras placed at these intersections to monitor traffic, see where traffic is heavy, which lanes need to be, you know, to be addressed, and then changes the, you know, dynamically changes the signal timing or the splits at this intersection to accommodate varying traffic volumes at the intersection. Is that on Rutherford Boulevard? That's on Rutherford Boulevard. And are Boulevard. you still in the process of installing that system or is it installed? No, it's, we are in the process of installing that system. The project has not been bid yet. We are in the final stages of that project. It will be probably bid in, a, in about a six month to a year's time. And there will be, what, um, a dozen or more cameras in that system, or how many? There will be about, yes, about a little over a dozen cameras placed at each one of those intersections between Highway 231 and Memorial Boulevard, all along uh, Rutherford Boulevard. So uh, when will that then be, uh, you may have just mentioned that, but when once it's bid and then installed, when do you hope to have that? Operating. Yeah, the installation will take at least a year to 18 months because a lot of the equipment have been dated, so that has to be upgraded. Uh, the construction activities itself, some you know, uh, installation of the new poles and the cameras will take some time. So we feel that it'll take about you know uh, a year to 18 months for constructions, and then once it's implemented, we will implement new timing. Uh, to accommodate with the new signal equipment to accommodate the adaptiveness of, the, of that system. That means identifying which lanes are occupied, how much allocation of green time 
uh, and this will happen dynamically. That means you know, it, it, a, a physical person doesn't have to run to the intersection and make those modifications. The signal intelligence will take care of those kinds of ti timing changes based on the traffic volumes in the field. Before we wrap it up, I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, your traffic, your weekly traffic uh, construction uh, changes that you put out every Friday. Um, I've forgotten exactly what that's called. Uh, some people refer it to ROMS traffic. Yes, uh, it's road closure reports. Yeah, yeah. It's basically road closures, but a lot of it has to do with either pavings or construction that is occurring throughout the city. And often there are as many as a dozen to two dozen projects ongoing where people see barrels, especially during the summer where there's construction. Um, and you see all those. You see a lot of that every week where you have to send that information out. We post it on you know, uh, Facebook. Uh, you send emails out to people who want them. Um, what it, what's the type of question or complaint that you typically get about traffic? I, I think Murfreesburians, you know, know that there's going to be construction activities, but I think the information has to be accurate. So the complaint I get is, you know, sometimes con contractors will say, okay, I'm going to have a lane closure on Rutherford at the intersection of Halls Hill Pike and Greenland Drive. That comes, you know, on Monday, starting Monday through Friday. And what happens is the contractor's uh, equipment breaks down or the contractor is unable to, you know, do that work, but the notice has already gone out. And the information, people read that information and say, okay, I'm going to avoid Rutherford. And then later they find out that there was no closure or the vice versa. When, when the, the report says that there is no uh, road closures and there is road closure. So I think it's more getting the information as correct as possible, as best as we can. And we send them out on Friday evening so that folks during the week, weekend when they read the paper or read the news, are able to make plans for the following week, come Monday, you know, what roads will be affected so they can change the, 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 uh, their routes uh, to work and or anywhere they're going. So the most important, Mike, that I struggle with is getting good information from the contractors and making sure that that information goes to the general public so that they can have, they can rely on the information and not, you know, uh, have information that is not accurate. And that's always changing. So that's a big challenge for you and even for the uh, contractors, construction people, because weather delays things, uh, materials delay what can happen, it's not uh, as smooth every day as people might assume. Yes, in the construction world now with all the utilities and the, all the obstructions you know, that we have to go through both aerial and underground, all the conflicts, it's very unpredictable. But we can only do so much and we are doing our best to, to provide good information. And we are now with these cameras that we have on street People, the folks, the, the motorists can also make their own decisions by looking at these tools that are available. Like I said, on YouTube, they can look at our, uh, our uh, uh, roadway systems. Uh, on our website, there are projects lists that they can go and look at and get an idea. And then they can call and see, hey, what's going on here? Because it says road will be closed or this, you know, uh, will be closed for a week. What kind of work are they doing? So that they can appreciate and understand why 
there was a need to close you know, that road and what detours are available to accommodate that closure. Well, Ron, thanks a lot for being our guest on The Insider. And uh, this is an issue that, uh, you know, everybody is impacted by. Uh, so there's not a soul out there that probably doesn't drive <laughs> on our roadways. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Glad to be here. We've been speaking with Ron Balachandra, uh, the traffic engineer for the City Transportation Department. The podcast is originated from City Hall. Thanks for listening via Podbeam, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music Audible. You can also watch Insider on YouTube. Our producer is the award-winning Michael Nevels. For more information on the city of Murfreesboro, visit murfreesboro.tn.gov. You've been listening to The Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.